more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One Podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, I think he was relatively recently elected, um, fired uh, Broward County Sheriff uh, Scott Israel. Um, It it was either he was suspended. Suspended, Suspended. Okay, yeah. Um, Either way, he's no longer the acting sheriff of of that county. Um, A lot of people... Um, said in the comments on Police One and elsewhere, uh, Facebook and all of those places, that they felt that this was a long overdue move. Um, Israel is well known uh, as being the, the, the sheriff who was uh, presiding uh, over his agency when the gunman entered the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School uh, and slaughtered all of those, those people. Um, but he was also a sheriff at the time when uh, there was a shooting at La- um, uh, Fort Lauderdale Air- Airport, and his agency failed to respond to that. So it was a, a history of the department basically failing to do what it's meant to do, which is to protect the citizens of Broward County. Um, there were other matters that people didn't like him for, but we don't need to go too deep into that. I don't really want to pile on the man, but... What I'm kind of getting at here is that his leadership or lack thereof poisoned that agency. And it called into question for me when I saw it, um, you know, what was his what was he doing in his job? Because it seemed to me that the only thing he wanted to do was get reelection. Like his own his first his primary objective was being reelected. And, you know, that's a. That's a political critter. That's not a police critter. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my, my thoughts are not so much in response to the man, to the sheriff. And I cringed a little when you said fired. But yeah, he was suspended because the governor has that authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a right to appeal. And apparently he is appealing. So I think uh, one of the criteria for suspending a sheriff would be um, based on it, inadequacy or um, incompetency. And I think that's what the, the governor was hanging his hat on. I think this case should be a wake-up call that should send every sheriff and chief scrambling to their department policies, bring all their trainers into the room, find out how things are going on, and ask for real truth. Tell your trainers Give it to me straight. I don't want to hear the political version of it. I want to know what's going to keep our citizens safe, our kids at school safe, and our cops safe. And I think it's also a wake-up call that reminds us that there's a public perception and a public expectation out there that may actually go beyond our our physical uh, abilities. And I'm, I'm sure I'll get an argument on this, but... Hear me out. So every cop raises his right hand, takes the oath and says they're going to protect people. Mm -hmm. There's an expectation from the public that that right hand held up also applies to people who have already used a weapon, who've already caused people harm, and that that officer is going to place themselves in harm's way 
so as not to hurt the suspect. And I think that's where the public perception goes awry. Mm. That is not the case. Cops do not raise their hands to say, I will sacrifice my life. I'll drop my gun. I'll holster my gun and negotiate with someone who's got me at a standoff. No way. I totally uh, disagree with that sentiment. Um, But we've seen something like active shooters or school shootings. We've seen the evolution over our our time uh, on this planet. And that is uh, from the... 1960 gun tower shooter in Texas, uh, how things have changed. And early on in policing, my police career, the idea was to uh, set up a perimeter and call out for the specialists, the hostage negotiators, the SWAT team, the long distance sniper, counter sniper, all those other things. Then we moved to... uh, We have active shooters where people are getting killed. We don't have time to wait. Let's wait for four officers. Let's gear up and diamond formation into that building and and make an approach to the threat. Well, now I think we're at this precipice where there's a public expectation and it varies agency to agency. But you may want that first officer, if he knows where that individual is, to engage, immediately engage, not to wait for backup not to wait for anybody else to give uh, instructions or uh, set up your perimeter or things like that, but to engage this, the active shooter in the process. And I think that's where uh, if you have dated policies, policies that go back more than seven or eight years, you, you may be surprised at what you see. So revisit those things, get the latest information, talk to force experts Find out what the best policy, the best tactics are for your law enforcement officers responding, your citizens and your students. So, you know, I agree with you 100 percent that, you know, we have to evolve. Uh, Trainers have to evolve. Training has to evolve. People being trained have to evolve uh, because the threat is evolving. And fortunately, we haven't seen it in a while. But, you know, you have to look at active shooter and, and you know, active incident type things at, for, through the prism of terrorism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, you have if you have a, a student, for example, and this goes to, you know, molding policy that is um, flexible enough that you can deal with threats that are different from one another. A student is very probably going to, add, as soon as they hear approaching sirens, they're going to end that incident by a self-inflicted gunshot wound 90% of the time, maybe more. A hardened terrorist or a hardened criminal, not so much. They're going to go down with a fight. So you have to have flexible tactics that are going to be able to accommodate for both of those things. Now, you're not going to know who you're dealing with when you roll up. All mm-hmm. you're hearing is gunshots right. and reports of people who have been shot, killed, wounded. So, you know, that's where you get where you have to have policies that are up to date that train your officers that give them the confidence that they can go into the building with the knowledge that they have the ability to deal with what they're going to deal with i think that what we had at broward county is people who lacked confidence in their training lacked confidence in the leadership's um, response following the, the 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 event well you went in there and you just shot up the place so, you know, they might have feared the consequences of the you know, the aftermath of the event more than the event itself. Right. Like, you know, because you just didn't... I mean, look at this. 
the Sheriff's Office Deputies Association in Broward County had a no confidence vote. It was 534 to 94 against. That's, that's not a lot of confidence in their leadership. So it's, it, to me, this incident, like you said, it should be a, an alarm bell, a red flag, a warning, a hazard to anyone who's a law enforcement leader that, look, you got to have you got to have troops who are confident in you and confident in themselves that they've been given the appropriate training and tools and tactics. You know, there's cops in this town who want tasers. <laughs> like we, in this very city, we have a problem where we're not we're not allowed to have cops who carry a taser or an ECD of any kind. And that's just to me, it's you're like whoa, and it's it's political pressure from the elected officials here and the you know the police oversight board and all and and the culture of this community in san francisco which yeah. is overwhelmingly liberal um that doesn't recognize that there are there are things that our officers need that they don't have right yeah, yeah totally i mean flexible scalable achievable plans um if, like I say, if you haven't if you haven't talked about it, if you haven't trained on it in the past year, get somebody in to do the training. If you don't have your own in-house trainers, there are a lot of experts out there, a lot of good experts out there. There are a lot of trainers out there, but a lot of good expert trainers out there. And um, yeah, I mean, give your give your people the tools to do the job, the training to do, do the job, and the confidence to do the job. And and I don't dismiss the. Um... The pressure that chiefs, sheriffs, higher up, the highest up command staff have from, you know, the political reality is that they're partially politicians as well as being police. And they have to walk that fine line. They have to, if they want to continue in the job, mm-hmm. um, have reflect at least somewhat the political wins of that particular community. And you're going to have a, a significantly different political prevailing wind in San Antonio, Texas, than you will in San Francisco, California. And I get the fact that in Broward County and other places in, in the, the world, in, in the country, they have communities of people who have a particular prevailing political wind. And you, if you're not at least sailing, tacking along with it, if in a, using a sailing analogy, you can be going into the wind and still making progress, right? right. So it, 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 you just have to tack. And that's what you know, that's what these leaders really, in my estimation, need to be doing. Yeah. Final word? Final word is that's a whole nother show. Are, <laughs> are sheriffs and chiefs political animals? Yes. I, rather than elected officials, they have some ground knowledge of what the job entails and they can act as at least subject matter experts. But when it comes up to hard decisions, a lot of the times they are very political and the professional law enforcement uh, chiefs and sheriffs who have not been so political uh, really struck a chord with with public and law enforcement officers, but they usually went the way of the dinosaur immediately thereafter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's going on in your jurisdiction? Uh, what are you feeling in terms of uh, what you're getting from your political from your your police leaders uh, in terms of equipping you with what you need to do the job, training and tactics and tools? Send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening.